0: I believe every service matters, amen? Amen. So good to be here, here at Harvest House. You can be seated for a moment. It's good to be back here at Harvest House. and My wife got to take the journey. She got to take the journey. She got to come. We've seen baby deer hopping over. My kids are thrilled to death. They got to take what I call the safari, amen. Uh, but it's good that they're here with me. Amen. My wife's first time, my kid's first time here at Harvest House, but they're no stranger to Pastor Orton. But um, yeah, I don't believe that it's any coincidence that we're here, but I want to start out and just let you know what Pastor was saying. My pastor or my wife's papa or grandpa, you pastor down in Colorado Springs, and he said something along these lines. I never forgot it. He said he's older now. I mean... He's stuck in 1960, but he, he said one good thing. He said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. An ounce of prevention, if you could prevent something from happening before it happens, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So with that in mind, I want you to understand sometimes the word comes to you in preventative for preventative maintenance so that you you can take heed in the word right now before worse has to happen. But you can also watch now, it could be a cure, but it's going to cost you more. And I want the word to speak to us tonight. And I believe he is going to speak to us. Amen. And it's good to be here. I had to have my friend. I got to have my friend Matthew here and his wife, Heather. Amen. They are dear friends of mine. Amen. And he just, uh, he just out fresh out of the hospital and he came out. I mean, he's probably still just hurting like none other. Thank you for your sacrifice. Amen. It gives me a target. If I, if I, and there ain't nobody else in the place. I'm going to preach at him. Amen. 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 All right. He makes it easy to preach. And I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> Amen. But thank you for Pastor and Sister Orton. Sister Cheryl Orton is somewhere. I'm sure she's back there counting. Counting. John chapter 21. You have your Bibles? Let's get it done, Amen. John chapter twenty-one. If you'd stand in reference of the Word of the Lord, John chapter twenty-one. We're going to start at verse two, and we're going to go on through. When you've got it, say "I've got it." Amen. That's how we talk up in Iowa. Amen. I go up to Iowa. They say, you sound like you're from Texas. I just take a little bit everywhere I go. I take a little bit of something with me. Amen. But uh, here we go. John chapter 21, verse 2. The Bible says, There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel. Think about that. Thomas called Didymus. Oh, there's old Diddy. Did you, I mean, some of the Bible names. I don't know. I, Thomas called Didymus, we call him Diddy, and Nathanael of Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. That's Greek for gone-fishing. And they say unto him, we also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. Somebody shout at me, nothing. nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And then Jesus saith unto them, children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, no. And, they, and he said unto them, cast, ye, cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find. And they drew it for the multitude, and and, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked. And he did cast himself into the sea. Now, I was working in a warehouse one time. I had this old joker come up to me. He said, I mean, he was just, because I, I grew up in the world. I drank, I party, I did all that stuff better than most, okay? And when I came to God, I, I used to carry my Bible everywhere with me. But one joker, he came up to me. He said, open the Bible. Just read it anywhere. And I opened up to this verse. And I read it. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord he girded his fisher's coat unto him for he was naked. He said that boy was fishing naked. I like it the Bible better already. (laughs) But of course we know that he was not fishing naked in the sense that we would think naked. He was fishing. That means he took his coat off. And he was getting it done. But hear me. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for there were not far from land, but as it were, two. 200 cubits dragging the net with fishes and as soon somebody shout as soon as soon soon then as they were come to land they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread and Jesus saith unto unto them bring up the fish which ye have now caught Simon Peter went up drew the net land to the land full of great fishes a hundred and fifty and three for all there were so many yet was not the net broken Jesus saith unto them, come and die. And other of the disciples does ask him, or or none of the disciples does ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. Now, I'm going to preach tonight from uh, maybe a familiar uh, saying that it's a colloquialism from... Uh, America I'm sure but have you ever heard the saying gone fishing I'm going to preach that tonight Amen two words simply two words gone fishing Amen so you'll help me preach if you are I ask that you would pray with me right now. Just throw your hands in the air and just lift your voice to heaven and ask God in all sincerity to speak unto us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into this house, oh God, I pray, submitting our minds to your minds, our thoughts to your thoughts, asking that you would anoint every ear to hear, every heart to receive and to respond according to your word. We pray, Father, that you would bind every hindering spirit, whether human or demonic, oh God, oppose your work and your will tonight. Allow there to be an open door of utterance. That you would speak to us from heaven. Through your word. Oh God with clarity and confirmation. I pray it all in the name of Jesus Lord. That you would bring us from concepts to realities tonight. And we pray it all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said in Jesus name. Amen. And you may be seated if you so desire. Now, that term gone fishing, now you've probably heard it a time or two around these parts. But gone fishing literally implies absence. It implies a a removal from responsibility, an escape from reality. Gone fishing, it just means not here. But knowing that and I've grown up, I've heard that saying, but in all reality, growing up, I never had gone fishing. I didn't have a dad. I grew up in the world, and I lost my dad to alcoholism and drugs, and I grew up in abuse, and I grew up in the middle of the city. We didn't really go fishing, and and I heard about it because obviously I was in Iowa. We heard about hunting and fishing, but I never had to do all of those things or got to do all those things, so I never really had gone fishing but one thing that i didn't know i knew what the term meant but it was not until i got in the church and i was a preacher now it was about a few months ago that me and my son got to go through south dakota and we got to preach all along we spent two days in revival here two days in revival there and we were crossing through south dakota and while we're in Pierce, south dakota i was taking my son with me he was my little preaching buddy and he would get up at the altar. and pray for everybody. He's only eight years old, but he went with me. And it was, it was a blessing. We had, to, we got some bonding time, but in the midst of all that, a man from the church comes to me and he says, he said, you, would you like to go fishing? I said, I never have gone fishing. I would like that. So I got to take my son fishing. And I didn't really know the whole, what fishing was all about. What's the big deal about fishing? And we got there out there on the boat. We went in the boat and And we, after a few hours of realizing what fishing is, you cast, you reel it in. You cast, you reel it in. And it was a lot of just kind of going through the motions, right? And then after a few hours of that sun beating down on you to where you can barely breathe because of the humidity and all, it's air you can wear. It's just, uh, and and that's how I felt for hours, just casting, waiting, then reeling in and nothing was happening after a while. I'm on the front of the boat. It gets better. Trust me. And I'm on the front of the boat and we're we're catching nothing. And all the front of the boat, I cast out. And while I'm waiting, I see something on the water. And all of a sudden, I realize it's kind of going like this. And it was at least a five foot long snake, beautiful snake, if you're into that type of thing. And I wasn't. But it started coming at me. And then it it leaps five foot. I mean, it was thick. I mean, goodness. And it starts getting to the boat. I said, hey, 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 there's this. And the guy that took us, he runs up to the front of the boat and he kind of shoes it off with his, his fish stick. And then that, that snake goes Oh, I don't know if it's poisonous or not. Come to find out, it's a bull snake, which is just a, a North American non-venomous snake. It was huge, but I didn't know. I just knew this 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 fish or this snake had it out and wanted to take my life. That's all I knew. Yeah. So he comes and shoots it off with his fish stick, and I I'm kind of scared by now. And he says this to me. He says, "Don't worry, the snakes always try to get in the boat." Uh. First off, that'll preach.
1: Yeah.
0: Second, 2nd you know, like second, second, I'm thinking, they always try to get in the boat. I'm still on the fact that they're even on the water.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm telling you, what kind of witchcraft is this that snakes are walking on water? They don't even belong on the water, but they always try to get in the boat. Gone fishing. Went fishing, done fishing, gone fishing. But then a little while later, all of a sudden, everything made sense. When my little boy says this, I think I got something. <laughs> we'll reel it in, they said. And he started reeling it, he caught him a 14 and a half inch. you got to be 15 inch, keep it 14. I don't know what we want to keep it for. We don't want to scare the death of fish. Y'all eating stuff? No, we go to Captain B's. We don't know. We, we let them do the catching fish. Talking about. Here. Oh, he said, oh, no, that's all right. We want to throw them back. We're going to look at get a picture and say, hey, I'm fishing. Fourteen and a half, just right for me. So we got this world famous walleye, beautiful fish. Then we threw that puppy back. But can I tell you, it was that one moment, that one moment when he literally got a hold of that catch and he got that world famous walleye that I understood why fishing had become such a luxury in this life. Because that one catch, I didn't even catch, made all the sense of the, in the world of why we would go out in the middle of the day and go through what we went through, battling all hell with snakes walking on water for just one snake. I got my mind on snakes. I'm sorry. This is a place where I almost got bit by a cop mouth. I was telling my wife, that place right there, right over there, I ran over there, almost got bit by a cop mouth. Last time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I ain't going to talk about it. I,
1: yeah.
0: I'm scared. I'm Every once in a while, I got to check my yeah. But it made sense. That one catch that I, myself, didn't even catch, but it was worth it. But now we got to go down to Louisiana. We're headed that way right now. And they took me out fishing. It was about two months later after that happened. We got to go out to Louisiana and fish with alligators and all kinds of stuff. So that snake went, nuts. i wait till I get back to Chicago.
2: Just wait. Just wait. But the
0: terminology gone fishing literally implies absence. But it was Peter and old Diddy and Zebedee's boys and all when they were in a very transitional moment of their lives that they themselves decided to go fishing. But Peter had been a fisherman all of his life. He did it for a living. But when Jesus called him away from that fishing boat to lay down his nets, Peter dropped everything. The disciples followed him. But then Jesus was taken away and he was crucified, right? But now we find Peter, Old Niddy, and Zebedee, and two other disciples. We find them in a very transitional moment. Jesus had already been crucified. And Jesus had already been resurrected. And they had seen him resurrected. But he had not yet ascended to the Father. So we find the disciples in a very transitional place. Before they received the Holy Ghost. But after the resurrection. That's kind of where we are as the body of Christ, you know. We know he's resurrected. But we as a body have not yet ascended. We've not seen the rapture. So we find ourselves, watch now, in a transitional place. But watch what Peter does in a transitional moment. He does not know what to do next because Jesus is resurrected. But Peter doesn't know where he is. So watch what Peter does. And this is what, watch now. Peter doesn't know what to do next. So he defaults to what he did first. And this is what Peter does. He doesn't know what to do next. He doesn't have a word from God. He doesn't have fresh directive of what steps to take next. So when he doesn't know what to do next and he doesn't know how to move forward, he just defaults and goes backwards and refers back to what he did first. And this is what we do when we don't know where Jesus is. We don't have a fresh word. We don't have fresh directive. If we don't have vision, we're forced to live according to memory. And this is where we can, uh, as our, our, ourselves being disciples. If we don't have fresh directive of how to move forward and what does God want me to do right and what does he want me to do next? What steps does he want me to take now? If we don't have fresh directive, we'll always default to what we've always done, doing it like we've always done it. Now hear me. So what I'm telling us as disciples that are now full of the Holy Ghost, we've got to have fresh directive. God, what do you want me to do? With my life now, because think of old blind Bartimaeus.
2: You remember blind Bartimaeus? He ain't blind anymore, but we still call him blind Bartimaeus.
0: Old blind Bartimaeus. You know where he lived? He lived outside of Jericho. You know what Jericho means in the in the Hebrew and also the Greek, whatever. Jericho just means the place of fragrance. Did you know that? See, he may have been blind, but he still had a snout. So this tells me, he's blind Bartimaeus. He ain't got no sight. So he's living outside of Jericho. The place that means a place of fragrance. You know why fragrance is so important? Because fragrance or smell is the sense that is most closely associated with memory. See, blind Bartimaeus, because he's blind, so he's living outside the place of fragrance. Watch, because when you don't have vision, you are forced to live by memory. See, that's why we can't just do what we've always done. Peter went back to fishing because that's where he first found him. I'll go back to where I first found him instead of where's he going to show up next. So what you've got to do is we've got to be a church that is vision driven, not memory driven,
2: because we can't go where we've never been doing what we've always done. We need God to give us a word. Fox now, Peter, he, he, he falls to what he did first because he didn't know what to do next. And
0: we all do it. When we don't have a vision to move forward, we are always, we're in bondage to what's behind us. So he goes and does what Peter knows to do. What he's good at. He's got training. He's got skill. He knows how to go and catch those fish. But here's what he does when he begins to default to who he's always been and what he's always done. Because he didn't have resurrected pastor. He didn't know what steps to take now. He didn't know where Jesus was. So he said, well, I don't know where he is. I'll just go back to where I first found him. And he started to cast that net again. And as he's casting that net, watch. He fishes all night long. And the Bible says he was naked. That means he took his jacket off. That means he was dead. That was like rolling his sleeves up. He was getting it done. But guess what? He went all night long going through the motions, doing what he knew to do. And he used every ounce of ability, all the strength that he possessed. He employed every bit of training that he had to get done what he wanted to get done but at the end of the day after exper—after experiencing futile efforts of endurance and, and struggle and all the pain in the world to try to get what he was trying to get he was trying to find
2: those fish but after the night
0: yeah. Jesus is on the shore and he says this he says hey children they don't know it's him yet hey children have you any meat? And they had to come to the stark reality. Let me let me pose the question a different way. Hey, is what you're doing working? can you imagine Peter out there he don't know what to do I guess I'll just do what I've always done and he started to give everything he had to try to catch and find some fish every bit of experience and training and ability he struggled through that whole night and it came where Jesus said, hey, is what you're doing working for you? Have you found what you're fishing for? Have you got what you're looking for? Has it
2: worked for you yet? And they had to come to the reality that what I'm looking for, I hadn't found. See, to receive fresh directive,
0: you must first face reality. You've got to realize, yeah, I have been trying. I've poured myself out. I've struggled. There's been pain. I've been tired. I've been worn out. I gave, he gave everything that he was and every bit of energy and effort to try to catch something that was eluding him. And then came to the place where Jesus had to say, "Is what you're doing working. Because remember, he defaulted. Instead of inquiring about fresh direct If he just defaulted and said, "You know, I'll, I'll just do what I've always done. I'll go back to what I did first Instead of seeking him, where he's going to want me next. And here's the question: Has it worked? Did you find when you looking? No, he's not talking to he's not talking to sinners. He's talking to his disciples. You saying, why well, are you going back to what I brought you out of and what are you still struggling with? He's saying, Hey, all that you've been you've been going through a night season. Let me just say, you've been going through a night season, but through your night season, you've been pouring yourself out, trying to get what you're after. I don't know what it is, but he said, Is it working? And Peter had to say no. In all reality, he had to answer that and face that reality. No, it's not working. And once you say, No, well, I guess it's not working, that's when it can get fresh directive. Once we're willing to face reality. No, I'm not healed
2: yet No, my kids aren't saved yet No, my church isn't full yet No, you've got to face that reality That I'm not who I want to be in God And I'm not everything that He has for me to be I've got to face that reality And when I face that reality No, I don't have what I'm It's like King
0: David You remember King David? Now King David when he became king He said I've got to get the ark of God back I've got to get the presence of God back in Jerusalem And guess what he did He built this new cart This nice fancy cart Because you know he's got to have the presence of God Coming in inside So he gets that new cart Gets the ark on it And they start And it works for a while And then they hit a bump in the road That dude sticks his hand up Tries to steady it And he dies And then David asks this question How Shall the ark of the Lord come to me Right question Wrong timing Did you know you have the potential To ask the right questions At the wrong time why is it in our walks with God do we have to ask the right questions in the wrong times because we wait till there's loss, we wait till there's pain we wait till things get upset in our world before we say how shall the ark of the Lord David, it had been a lot easier you wouldn't have to lose nobody and you wouldn't have the pain that you had to deal with if you would have just asked him in the beginning instead of waiting, God how do you want this done after you lost somebody after they walked away,
2: after they the pain was introduced into your world. You should have at the beginning said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? How do you want it done? How do you want it carry? God, how do you want me to do this? Where do you want me to go next? Who do you want me to marry? Where do you want me to work? How do you want me to eat? What meals do you want me to fast? What prayers do you want me to pray? Why do we have to wait till the feet before we'll ask deity to because I've
0: watched it too many times We ask the right question far too late Where we gotta be like David Or we gotta be uh, proactive Instead of reactive to things That happen in our world uh, What do you want me to do next But then when it takes
2: futile efforts Being sabotaged by our own strength That Jesus comes in our world. Say, you have any meat?
0: No, don't have no strength either. Giving everything to this, but you know. But then watch. I love how the Bible plays it out. He's so kind to us. Once there was an honesty in facing reality. Your pastor be the first one to be honest. Say, hey. This this ain't everything that I thought it'd be. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but facing that reality is where it becomes a platform for fresh directive. Instead of waiting till loss and pain happens, we've got to say, God, how do you want it done? Where do you want me to go with this? How do you want want me to do this and do that and get fresh directive? Because facing reality is the first step to getting fresh directive. But watch now. Ah, I know that. Ah. I was feeling that. Come on now. But then watch what he says. He says, Hey, try the right side. Watch. Once he was willing to face reality, that's when he got fresh directive. Try the right side. He said, No, I I tried, but it hasn't worked. He said, Try the right side. That tells me that there's a wrong side. You can be in the right ship but fishing off the wrong side not get what you're supposed to be getting. Amen. Come on,
2: Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen.
0: It's like the will of God. I wasn't planning on going here, but I just I felt a little nudge. I'll go here. They, hey, the will of God. Say, there's one will. There's one will of God. Say, there's one will of God. Just like that boat. There's just one boat. But there's two sides to the same boat. There's a right side and there's a wrong side. There is two types of the will of God, but there's one will, but two sides of the same will. Can I say that? Yeah. Is that okay? The permissible will of God and then the perfect will of God. Oh, yeah. But you get to choose which side of the ship you're fishing off of. You could be shipping, shipping or ship, uh, fishing off of the right side the perfect will of God or you can be fishing off of the wrong side which is the permissible will of God because there's some things if you want it bad enough God will say alright you have it and he'll let well, Oh just like the children of Israel he said to the children of Israel he said Israel they kept on saying we want a king to rule over us we want a man to rule over us just like all the other nations and all the other let me say it, all the other denominations we, we want to be just like them and, we want to, and God said, well, I want to be your king. And they said, well, we want a king in flesh. And guess what? God said, all right, Samuel, they wanted it so bad, give it to him. He said, all right, you want it so bad, I'll give it to you. But when he, when I give you a king, he's going to take your sons, he's going to take your daughters, he's going to take your harvest, he's
2: going, oh, he's going to take your land. See, the permissible will of God will always take from you. It'll take your sons, your daughters, it'll take your future. But the purpose Will of God will always get to you. It depends what side of the boat we are fishing off of. You can fish from the wrong side and get out of life what you want. What because you know what, Saul? They
0: asked for Saul. You know what Saul's name means? Saul means ask for. He said I'll give you what you ask for but careful what you ask for because what you ask for can ultimately take your future away from you. But it was David the perfect will of God that came along and gave a future back to them because David was or Jesus was the seed I wasn't planning on getting all that That's too much We're not going to go too much further But just understand Solve means ask for In both testaments Amen oh. So just what side of the ship Are you fishing from Are you fishing in the permissible, okay. God saying, uh, God saying, okay. You want that so bad? I'll give it to you. You want to date her? I'll give it to you. You want, you want, and I'll give it to you. You want, you want that? I'll let you have that, but it'll take from you. But why would you? He says, Why would you want to operate in the permissible? Yeah, you're in the, you in the right boat. You're, you're where you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in the right boat, but you're on the wrong side. He said, Now with fresh directive and stuff, trying to get Peter out of the permissible will of God. Where he said, Well, I just do what I always did. But God's trying to get him out of the permissible with fresh directive into the perfect will of God. He says, why don't you
2: try the right time? And with one cast of the net, with one little direction change, they caught a whole heap of fish. And they could keep everyone. It don't matter they're 14 and a half. They don't matter they were they got to keep every one of them. In the perfect will of God, you can't outgive God. My God. So you got
0: to say If I'm not catching nothing Could I possibly be in the permissible will of God Where God's allowing things but he don't
2: really like it for me But then
0: Therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved Saith unto Peter I think it's him. They got that big old heap of fish. And all of a sudden John leans over to Peter because John and Peter they got something going. He says, Peter, take it down. Peter grabs his coat, jumps out of the boat into the water, starts swimming. Because remember, just the previous chapter. They heard that he was resurrected, and John and Peter, they took off running. And the Bible says John outran Peter. Yeah. But when John said, I think it's him, Peter's like, y'all give me this time. <laughs> he said, You made me faster on foot, but I can swim better. And he took off for the shore. And he came dragging, him and his buddies came dragging those fish. After all that night long Struggling and going through it All night long Giving everything they could Now they got that one catch of fish And they start dragging it to the shore But watch what the Bible said This is the, this could be the whole crux of the matter Watch this The Bible says in verse 9 As soon Then as they were come To land They saw a fire of coals there And fish laid there on. Get the picture. Peter's out here. Yes, I'm to take the coat off and he's pulling, pulling that net in. And he's. And, uh, he casts out again. He's going through. He's got his sleeves rolled up. He's going through. He's sweating. I mean, he's struggling. His back hurts because, you know, he, you know, he's getting old now. And he's out there and he's doing everything that he can to get what he's going after. But after that night season of struggle and pain and after all that, he, he finds out, okay, it's Jesus. He jumps out the boat. They made that catch. They come to they come to shore. And as soon as they got there. They realize
2: everything they've been fishing for, he already found. No, you didn't catch it. Everything you're going for in this life, uh, everything you've been chasing after, everything you've been fishing for, don't you realize, uh, Peter, that he's already found what you've been fishing for there fishing for love, he's already provided what you've been trying to produce in those faulty relationships. He's already provided. Don't you realize everything that Peter was fishing for, trying to produce by human means.
0: Everything Peter was trying to produce Jesus had already provided. He was trying to get them to understand what he did at Calvary. He was saying, Peter, i got you I want you to understand. I know you're going to think it's going to take all your energy and it's going to take all your effort to live for me. No, no, no. All you got to do is get in my presence to realize that I've already provided what you've been trying to produce in your flesh. I'm telling somebody tonight, these are disciples.
2: These are aren't even the world. This is the disciples that have been trying to produce what Jesus has all really provided on Calvary. Yes.
0: As we do, we're disciples. Like those disciples. And they were trying to produce, Peter in particular, was trying to produce, trying to find something that had already been found. But what he had to do to realize that was get in his presence. And as soon as he got to the land. And that's why we think, we think, listen, we think things come to us in the kingdom like they came to us in the world. Yeah. Hard work. Hard working. Work harder, you know. Pray harder if you ain't got your miracle. No, no, don't work, don't pray harder, pray smarter. They say, "Don't work harder. Work, work smarter. Works that way in the kingdom, kind of. Oh, pray harder and keep praying and same pray No, God, what prayers are you wanting to be prayed right now? What prayers are you answering right now? And then pray those prayers instead of just praying your prayers in the permissible will of God. Why don't you pray His perfect will and then have it like that? Real simple." Real simple. But a lot of times we're trying to push our will through his, through him, and try to get the permissible and give you what you ask for instead of what he has for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is that we have this world well, we just work harder, we do what we got to do to achieve what we what we want and what we're after. But if you realize how the kingdom of God works, listen. We've been trying to be righteous and we've been trying to be good. But listen, in your flesh you can do no good thing. That's what the Bible says. Because Paul was saying to me There's no dwelleth no good thing That in my flesh I can't be holy
2: In my flesh I can't be righteous In my flesh I can't do Nothing the Bible said, But if I'm in his presence He's already provided a spirit of holiness In his presence he's already provided That righteousness That when he was made sin I was made the righteousness of God In and through him so what you've got to do is lay down your net lay down what you've been trying to fish for and what you've been trying to
0: find and just say God what did you provide for me on Calvary Jesus. Oh, my goodness, oh, no. I'm breathing hard to make you think I'm working hard <laughs> But we'll realize one day we get to
2: heaven.
0: He's already found.
1: We've
0: been fishing for this whole time. Think about it, because why? they watch, watch, watch the picture being painted, Pastor. I know I'm taking a little while. Uh, okay, okay. I was just trying to think about when Taco Bell closes, and I'm trying to gauge it. And just. <laughs> Catch the picture. While Peter was struggling. Jesus was flaying fish. Uh Do you understand the concept? So while you're going through it. While you're struggling. Fishing off the wrong side of the boat. He's laying fish, getting ready for you what he's going to have prepared when you get into his presence. So don't use your energy and effort struggling to go after what you want out of this life. Instead, why don't you just get in his presence,
2: and in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures more I'm telling somebody, you need to quit struggling in your night season and just say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Hey, and when you get into his presence.
0: I'm telling you, it works for harvest as well, Pastor. Because nobody wants revival and harvest like the men of God like you have. But we're all tempted.
2: The harvest is white. Already. Yes.
0: Uh Amen. It's already there. It's already we don't, no, 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 now don't say that we don't have to work for it, don't say that you don't have to go out and get the harvest, it's there ready and waiting and it's there already but here's the concept, you don't produce the harvest you don't make revival happen revival happens when you get in this presence, period but when we as men of God we try to do this, you hear me we try to do this because we want you to have revival in your family we want your kids to be saved we want your whole house to be in the house of the Lord, but here's the thing you and I and him cannot produce revival, we cannot produce harvest, but all we can do is where do you want me to go and he's got to be able to discern and say, it's the Lord like John that's why God's gift, here's where the man of God's place is in your life he's the he's to be the John to your Peter amen that you, you do what you do. You fish. Do whatever you want to do. But here's here's John. The one that had his ear. To the heartbeat of Jesus. And all of a sudden he recognizes that voice of Jesus saying. Have you any meat? And then. John says to Peter. I think it's him. I think God's speaking to you Peter. And Peter gets in his presence. And realizes what has been provided. That I have been trying to produce. What is it that you, in particular, have been fishing for that He has already provided and found for you on Calvary? That's the source of your struggle. That's the source of your night season. Is you trying to find something that He's already found for you? Right. So your energies. Do not need to be wasted in the permissible will of God, but energies to just get in his presence. Yes, but watch now. I'm almost done. I promise. I know this is getting long and taco is getting away from me. <laughs> it's where I quit, because my wife's giving me the eye. You better thank that woman. She is merciful to y'all because she has she knows where this could go. <laughs> He's got a very strong, very strong gift of mercy. But hear me. Then Jesus says to him, "Bring the fish that you caught. Bring, bring them here. Bring the land with you, and watch." As soon as they were come to the land, they saw the fish of coals or fire coals, and the fish laid there on in bread. And Jesus said unto them, Bring those fish which you've now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three, for all there were to so many, yet was not the net broken. And Jesus saith unto them, Come and die. You see his desire. Just come, and die. come and partake of what I've already provided for you That you've been, you've been struggling to try to get yourself but you, Without me you wouldn't have been able to call nothing But now would you just come and just die But don't miss the very important detail The Bible says That he brought how many fish? 153 fishes And Jesus has come and i come come and spend time with me. But I asked God, you know, because I, I do stuff like this. I'm, I'm ignorant on my own. And so, so I said, Jesus, I said, what's the significant? Well, I didn't go to Jesus first. I'll be honest with you. I went to Google first. I'm not going I'm I'm to lie. I went to Google. And I typed the meaning of 153 fish. Don't do that. Don't do that, okay? Wikipedia lied to you. I'm telling you. <laughs> there's some good stuff on there but Google lied to me no, Google didn't have nothing there was about 8,000 pages of a meaning of 153 fish and not one of them made a lick of sense what's the meaning of 153 because if that details in your Bible that means it it's there for something so I said, I said Google I said Google what's the meaning of 153 fish and then 8,000 pages not one of them made sense I mean, people said, said stuff like this. Well, there was 12 tribes of Israel and there was 12 apostles. 12 times 12 is 143 plus seven days of creation. And then, and then you've got two testaments and, and they got 153. I said, that don't make a lick of sense at all. Yeah. People did all kinds of dumb stuff trying to make sense of the word. But the Bible will always interpret the Bible. So I, I went to Jesus. I said, Jesus, what's the mean? I said, what well, I should have did first, but I didn't. I said, Jesus, what's the meaning of 153 fish? And he said, well, there is no significance to the fact that there was 153. I said, wow. He said the significance is in the fact that they knew that there was 153. How would they know there was 153 fish? They were counting them and had counted them. But get the picture. Jesus had just told them, come and die. But they were too busy counting why Jesus was calling. And that's where we can live most of our lives. That we are too busy. He'll let us get a hold of something, and we will get distracted by what he's placed in our hands. Relationships, jobs, whatever it is that's in your hands that you are counting. Hey, 144, 145, 146. He's saying, Peter, come to me. Listen to my voice. Let me provide for you. And we're too, hold on, Jesus.
2: 151, 152. And he's saying, Peter, but we're too busy. Counting the catch When he's calling us to die Oh God somebody hear me tonight I don't want to be distracted With this life I don't want to be distracted With jobs and distracted with schooling And distracted with relationships Where I'm distracted By the things That he's allowed me to have in my life That when he calls me I don't even come What do we count?
0: Bank counts. We count. All, all, all kinds of stuff. You can count. How I many I many we have in April? When we were here. We had all kinds. Probably 153. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The concept is there. That Peter had now got a hold of what he had been fishing for. and What he had been, been going
2: after. Jesus allowed him to have it. But once he had it.
0: 152. Or let me
2: start 175, 76. He was counting why Jesus was calling.
0: Can you imagine? That's why the next verse, that's why the next verse, you've heard this scripture. I guarantee that you've heard this scripture. The next verse is: so the Bible says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He wasn't talking about the other disciples. He was saying, Peter, can you get your eyes off the fish for one moment? And let me know you love me. Simon Peter, do you love me more than you love these? You, are you going to give them all of your affection and all of your attention? Some of you, I know you want your kids saved, but you're so focused on them that you don't even realize that the master is calling you to his feet to hear his word. And that word that he might give you might
2: save your children. But you've got to hear me tonight. Don't get caught up counting while he is calling. What is your focus tonight? How much is it going to cost What's the bill How many hundreds of what, what, No 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 quit counting He's
0: calling Simon Peter Here's whether you know whether you're counting Or you're answering call He says Simon Jonas, uh, or Simon Jonas Son of Peter whatever he said right there Loves thou won't more me more knees They said Feeding sheep Are you finding fish Are you feeding sheep Is your walk with God all about inflow Or is it about outflow That will tell me whether you're counting Or that you're answering call Is this church about inflow What you can come and get from God Or about what you have That you can give away I'll finish with this I'll finish with this Why do you think the book of Acts when the Holy Ghost fell? Did you know that the Bible says how many were there? Kinda. It says that there was about 120 when the Holy Ghost fell. Yep. Wanna know why that is? Because when the Holy Ghost fell, they couldn't they couldn't count no higher. Because <laughs> when he started calling, they said, forget it, who's here?
1: Yeah. yeah. Amen. Oh.
2: I bet there's 153 fish there. I bet there was. But when the Holy Ghost They got to about 120, 121.
0: Wow. And the Holy Ghost fell. Listen. Amen. Come on, come on. Oh well. Let me let me
2: let me share something with you. I don't
0: want my head down, count my 401k, my retirement. I'm a kid,s I'm gonna have, or I'm gonna work. Not that that stuff don't matter. Paul was a counter too. He said, "I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews, Pharisee." He started naming all. Of it. He said, "Anybody have anything to boast over their flesh?" He said, "I got all this stuff," yeah. but he said, "I count all that stuff." But no, he counted it. <laughs> Not that those things didn't matter, but where you placed them in this life because to count them as dung, do you know what dung did to an agrarian society that was very much given to agriculture and their whole livelihood came from what came out of the fields? Do you know what dung means to somebody like that? Dung, guess what? If you put dung in the right place, if it's in your hands, it smells and it's a mess. But if you put that same stuff and make a mess in your hands, if you put it in the field, it'll produce a harvest in you. If you only realize to put what you have in your hands in the right place, it'll produce a harvest in you. So it's not that a right job, it's not gonna
2: wife and kids don't matter but you've got to put all that stuff in the right place so that it can produce a harvest in you because it's not about counting the catch it's about answering the call to God when he's calling saying come to me hear my voice you know what I want I'll finish it
0: yeah. I've read something that startled me Pastor, I'll be honest. I read something, Matt. Matt, I read something that shook me to the core. Because did you know there's a verse in your Bible, Daniel nine and twenty-seven. That's about prophecy. You know what it says? It says that there will be a peace agreement, a confirmation of a covenant. A peace agreement will be signed in the Middle East between Israel and Palestine. That when that peace agreement is signed The Jews will be able to gain access to the temple mount And they'll be able to build that third temple That the Bible says that the Antichrist will stand in Proclaiming to be God And when that peace agreement is signed, did you know that that starts, it don't matter if you're pre-trip, post-trip, there will be a seven year period after this is signed, that after that seven years, that's when the battle of Armageddon will take place and Jesus will come back with his saints. So what would you do if you knew you only had seven years left? What would you do if you knew all I have left before he comes back with the saints. And that great battle that goes on. That, what, what, what would you do if you knew that peace agreement was signed? And the Jews had access to that temple mount to build that third temple. Where the Antichrist according to the Bible will stand. Proclaiming to be God at the abomination of desolation. What would you do? How would you change your mind? It's I, I, just a question because I received something and it shook me when I read it. It says this, breaking news, Israelis and Palestinians signed peace accord. There has been a historic breakthrough in the Middle East peace process. The Israelis and the Palestinians have been secretly conducting back channel negotiations for months During a joint news conference this morning, the two leaders announced that a peace agreement has been achieved. The breakthrough agreement is as follows. The Palestinian state will be established in the West Bank of Israel. The borders have been agreed upon. The Palestinians recognize Israel's right to live in peace within the agreed upon borders. The Temple Mount will be shared between Muslims and Jews so that all can worship there. Israel will build her third temple on the Temple Mount without Disturbing, disturbing the Alaska Mosque or the Dome of the Rock. America and the international communities will have, make huge investments in building the new Palestinian state. Jews presently living in the area of the new Palestinian state will be allowed to stay living in a Jewish minority under the new government. Agreement on the status of Jerusalem could not be reached rather than sabotage the entire agreement. Negotiations on Jerusalem's or Jerusalem will be resumed after seven years. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? The history- historic agreement has been endorsed by the United Nations and the major powers of the world. Celebrations have broken out in the streets of Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. The prospect of finally living in peace caused some to jump for joy while others had tears rolling down their faces realizing the time that it was to a nation that has lost too many of its young to war and the relief was almost overwhelming. Automobiles, horns blew in ecstatic celebration throughout the day. Well, into the night, many Jews believe the coming of peace signals the coming Listen of Messiah. Let me read that again. Many Jews believe that this coming of peace, this agreement, signals the coming of the Messiah. The hearts of the Jewish people, especially the religious ones, are swelling in expectation. All the the media outlets in Israel are filled with much anticipation as to what will happen next. The talk shows can hardly speak of anything else. Israel's government has already announced the nation's leading rabbi that they should immediately prepare to begin construction on the third temple. And the temple institute announced they they have already the architectural plans for the new temple as well as the furniture and the utensils needed for resumption of worship according to Jewish law. The institute has been preparing for this day for many years. Now the time has arrived. Thousands of Jews have rushed to the temple mount to pray openly in the place they believe to be the Holy place on earth. The area on the Temple Mount assigned to the Jews is already covered with Jewish worshipers, pouring their praise out to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Many of the more moderate Palestinians are also celebrating the announcement of peace, but others are complaining bitterly about the terms of the agreement, especially the sharing of the Temple Mount with the Jews. Listen, messages of congratulations are pouring in from political leaders from all over the world. Many are declaring that the Holy Land Agreement Will surely signal a new era of peace. And this is what they've said in prosperity for the world. They said, listen what they said, prosperity for the world. It is time for world peace in the ushering in of a new world order. Many of them have declared. You,
2: now, now are you hearing what I'm saying? Right? Amen. What would you do if you knew there was only seven? how would anything change
0: you probably know by now the preceding scenario hasn't really happened yet but it will because it's prophesied in the bible in the bible prophecies always come to pass but the reason i read that was because you know that little sick feeling you felt in your stomach that pit in your stomach You know what that tells me? You've been out fishing. You've been counting. Why, he's calling. So whatever you were thinking of that went through your mind, the concept just became a reality. Out counting fish became a reality because you started to think about okay how old are my kids going to be then am I going to be able to be married am I going to get married within that time am I going to be able to go through schooling what am I going to do about my job and guess what we all felt that feeling you want to know how I felt that feeling you want to know why I knew that feeling was there it's because when I read that I felt that same feeling I started counting what year would it be I started counting how old my kids will be I started counting would they be able to grow up would they be able to have kids would they? and I started counting all this but listen to me the fact that you felt that in your spirit is the fact that it tells me that you've been absent
2: I'm presence.
0: counting why he's calling I want you right now just lift your hands right where you are he's calling harvest house and everybody in this in the sound of my voice he's saying come hear my voice Let me provide that love for you. Let me provide those things you're
2: looking for. It's not going to matter where you work,
1: it's
2: not going to matter where you go to school. Are you listening to his voice? Are you letting him direct you? Come on, God! No, don't stop now. Come on, press into His presence. Press into His presence. What do you want? Somebody answer the call. Somebody answer. He's saying, come and dine. Come and hear my voice. Come let me provide for you the love, the joy, everything you're looking for. Let me take care of your finances. Let me put a good word on the next job. Let me
1: provide.
2: It's not whether you get married or not. The question is, do you love him? Yes, And let your voice out.
0: Listen, all Jesus wants is for you to focus on me right now.
2: Listen
0: That Jesus wants to be number one in your life Listen, that's a lie Jesus doesn't want to be number one in your life He wants He's a jealous God He wants to be the one and only He doesn't want to be at the top of your list He wants to be the only name on your list and he's whispering to somebody in this house some young man some young lady he's ministering to some saint of God right now saying would you come to me would you come to me don't just come to church would you come to Jesus right now because we can come to church and never come to Jesus but you can't get to Jesus but not come
2: to church hear me right now somebody come to his feet and say what do you want from I want your perfect wheel.
0: Come on, just be honest with you. Come on, somebody face reality. Somebody face reality right now. Is what you're doing working for your world? is what you're doing right now is it working for your family is it working if not then say Jesus what do you want me to do how do you want me to live this life how how do you want me to pray
1: how do you want me to fast
0: ask him what books do you want me to read ask him
2: just ask him for something God. what do you want me to do different
0: just can't do what everybody else is doing. We need fresh directive because
2: what works across the country might not work for right here. So ask God for your family. For your life. Jesus, what do you want me to do? I'm
0: telling you, the key to revival, the key to revival, you young men that are going to be preachers, the key to revival. It's not going to be what preaching take you listen to next. It's going to be what word from God, what directive did
2: you get when you were on your knees in prayer? It's not the next song to sing. It's what God cannot do to have the anointing
0: quick in his heart quick in his heart right now if things don't change tonight what if the peace agreement is signed they're working on it what if it is
2: signed how are things going to change tonight 141 142 143 144
0: 145 146, 147, 148. Hold on, Jesus. I got a few more to count. Hold on, Jesus. Just a few more hours. Just hold on, Jesus. Just a few more weeks. Hold on, Jesus. Just let me get married. Just let
2: me get kids. Just let me get my 401k. Just no, 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 no. He needs you now. He'll let you keep the fish you caught, but just give him the uh, the preeminence. <laughs> Hear me. He'll let you keep the fish you caught, but just let him have your focus. <laughs> Oh, the man, oh,
1: no <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm de <laughs> nossa <laughs>
0: hoyas
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yo mira y the duele la cara bravo the in you god love,
1: Jesus will only be a but Jesus will always be your source.
2: You hear
1: me? He will supply.
2: He will add to.
1: And He will be your source.
2: Okay. Right? You keep them in the
1: right order. Oh my God, the
2: vessel will never run dry. Yes. The vessel will never run dry. <laughs> Fresh said the because <laughs> he always get the
1: little
2: <laughs> 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 I cadê not believe you're not my man. I can't you're not my man.
1: I'm <laughs> <laughs> O we are the Sam of the Sam <laughs> <laughs> Evet. yaba <Ergeb considers child teaching> <hi> Yalla 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 I'm <laughs> 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 <get that>. yeah. <laughs> He's gonna <laughs> <inaudible> no? sure
2: no, 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 no. <laughs> tell you where to place
1: each foot. He's gonna tell you the, <laughs> the prayer
0: story to 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 that's that's right. of the prophet. <laughs>
1: We need strength, Yes, yeah for yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, the yellow 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 I see a poor real honey on the other. I see a mother. I see a mother. I see another. 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 I
2: Ili ili, masala, masala, masala,
1: masala, 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 ili ili, masala, 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 ili ili, masala,
0: Listen, listen, listen I just felt to share this with the church In this same transitional moment Where Peter defaulted And went back to There's another thing that happened Prior to this That I believe will be pertinent to Understanding what we have come through Remember when they went to the shore, it was morning. That means it was a new day. Okay? But prior to that, the Bible says in John 20 that Jesus now resurrected. He says to Mary, Mary. And she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, Master. And Jesus saith unto her, Watch this now. In verse 17, he says to Mary, Touch me not. For I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, Go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. He said to Mary, Listen, don't touch me. But then if you read ten verses later, this is in the same context of everything else that I just preached to you just prior. And seven verses later, Sister Orton, or uh, ten verses later. Verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger. Wow. wow. He's saying, Mary, in one moment, don't touch me. Then he's saying to somebody else, quit, reach hither your finger. Because Thomas said, Unless I see the print in your hand, the print in his hand, the print in his side, yeah. I won't believe. Yeah. See, in this last season, what you what you witnessed was God because because that word touch me not touch in the Greek literally means to cleave or adhere to like an adhesive because Jesus knew, knew if Mary gets a hold of me he said I ain't going to make it to the Father so he said don't touch me because he knew that she was committed but Thomas was only interested to try to get a hold and just touch Jesus to appease his own unbelief and where he was in his situation. See, what you've recognized in this last season, you've witnessed God separating those that are committed and those who were only interested. He said, don't touch me to one. You ever feel like you're all alone You know you're serving God You're faithful You feel like you're all alone You can't feel God And it's like he ain't touching you And you ain't touching Able to touch him There's times but in seasons like that He's saying I want to see who's committed And who's just interested Because he knew Thomas If he just gets a little touch He'll be good to go But Mary he said no if she gets a hold of me She ain't because guess what Sometimes Jesus don't want Because Jesus is wanting to give you more So if you get a hold of him Like he was In that unglorified state You'd be settled with that, you'd hold on to that. She guess what? She said that the gardener or, or, or to who she thought was the gardener, which was Jesus, she said, Where is Jesus? Where 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 is my master? Where have you laid him? Give him to me, and I will take him. Yeah. First of all, how's she gonna carry him?
1: <laughs>
0: Little sister Orton. Wanna <laughs> lug Brother Orton around? By the way. Why? Because you're committed. But she was willing to be she was willing to be committed to the body of Christ even when the Spirit wasn't even there. She said, where is he? She thought he was dead. And she was committed to what she thought was a dead body. Think about it. She was that committed. And some people, they live because they don't. They not had a move of God in one service. They didn't feel God didn't get a goose one service. They're ready to walk out the door because they didn't cry. But guess what? Sometimes you're not going to feel him just because he's saying, don't touch me yet. I'm not going to let you touch me. Amen. But that's what you witness. All right? You've seen the committed come and you've seen the interested go. But guess what? He's now saying, come and die. Because I want to show you something Because he was about to ascend And he was going to pour out the Holy Ghost And what the Holy Ghost does It is the ability to receive Fresh directive On how Okay You receive that Jesus name Because you've had some doubters Some and Stuff take off But behold Mary
1: Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands and let's thank God.
0: Father, there was pain, there was loss, but we're thankful, Lord Jesus, for everything that you have done. He's saying, You can touch him now.
2: Go ahead, Heather, you can touch him now. Yes, hallelujah.
0: Go ahead Harvest House, you can touch him now He's making himself Available to you now Because he has
2: ascended He has been glorified You can touch him now And you can carry him with you Wherever you go
1: you, Lord. You, Lord. Jesus
2: Lord God come Jesus Lord God